To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 123. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we discuss best in that sports. I got my brother in here, Ramon. Los couldn't be here today recording, so it'll just be me and him holding it down. What's up, Ramon? How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Uh, been a pretty good day, uh, pretty good sports week that we didn't had, and you know, I know we got a lot of good stuff to really talk about, a lot of good stuff to discuss, man. So uh, I'm doing good on my end, bro. You know, like I say, I typically don't try to hold it too much, man. But I'm going to ask you, man, how you doing, bro? I am doing excellent. And you know I'm doing great? <laughs> Why? Because it was a great sports week. Because conveniently, Carlos is not here today. But Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney went off this past weekend, and I was so excited because I felt terrible how I was unrightfully attacked by Carlos last episode about how I predicted Darnell to have a great year. And I have to say, Ramon, I'm very encouraged by what I saw this past week. Yeah, no, I, I will say the same. You know, I, I definitely saw it from the standpoint of him sitting on my bench uh, in a couple of leagues. So uh, <laughs> That's okay. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, he had to go through the process of earning his spot back. So, you know, he might – have that spot back at this point but we did see uh really a resurgence of darnell mooney so uh so you can kind of go ahead and rub it in low space just a little bit but hopefully we see that consistency going forward yeah definitely i mean he finished the game four catches 94 yards i mean he finished with 13 fantasy points maybe i'm overselling it by he went off but he in the previous three weeks had been non-existent so it was just nice to see uh, to see some production out of him. Uh, hopefully him and Justin Fields get on the same page. But like I said, Justin Fields and him have a great rapport last season. It only made sense that they would build upon that, you know, despite Justin Fields going down last season with injury. But I thought they would pick up where they left off. So maybe maybe the chemistry is coming back here. Yeah, maybe so. And, and you can count it as going off, bro. He outscored his first three weeks combined. So I think that- <laughs> I think you can count that as going off. <laughs> he, he, he started off kind of slow out the gate, too, man. <laughs> but uh, like you said, I'm, I'm feeling great, man. A wonderful sports week. We have a lot to get into. We won't get in the way of that. Uh, we'll start off by recapping week four, and then we'll give uh, some insight into week five, like we've been doing uh, for the previous episodes. Uh, week four, man, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, man, we got to start there. They're, they're still undefeated. They're 4-0. At this point, you have to respect who they are. Uh, Miles Sanders 
Uh, that's another guy that has been stumbling out the gates his whole career. It seems like he's healthy now. Uh, he didn't even come into this season healthy. We were afraid of that, but he has been playing. But to see the production out of Miles Sanders and what he has, I think we we shouldn't we we shouldn't do him an injustice. Let's let's talk about Miles Sanders and his impact so far. Yeah, uh, like you said, man, Miles Sanders is one that really to me more so throughout his career. The injuries have been what have limited him. Uh, when you've seen him on the field, of course, like you said, it's been a little bit of inconsistency, but you've always been able to see the talent. And I think that when you look at that roster and you look at what they have along the offensive line, you know, everything has been set up for Miles Sanders to have that um, breakout kind of consistent year, I would say. And that's what you've been seeing week in and week out. I mean, you look at this week with the 134 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Uh, he's a guy that they were pretty much four speed. And I think he had, what, 27 carries. Um, yeah. and 67% so, of the snaps. Yeah, yeah. And then you see him get involved a little bit also in the passing game as well. And so uh, just seeing him be – what we thought that he could be for some years. Um, and I think that it's going to be consistent as long as he can stay healthy. Because like I said, I, I really believe that the Eagles have, you know, at worst a top three offensive line in the league, if not the best offensive line in the league. So uh, definitely hats off to Miles Sanders and just what they're doing on that, that side of the ball period. You know, they're just kind of operating on all cylinders right now. <laughs> And it's like you said, uh, which equated to a 29-point uh, fantasy uh, uh, performance. But like you alluded to, it, it's hard to believe that he's only 25 years old. Uh, and like you alluded to, I mean, every year we'd be like, as fan fantasy analysts and as sports analysts, we'd always be like, oh, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. Uh, but it seems like he's really getting his footing um, I think that Jalen Hurts, you know, has a lot to do with it. And we'll get to him in just a second. We discussed him last week as well. Um, but I think that his effectiveness really opens things up for uh, Jalen. I mean, for uh, Miles Sanders. And I mean, let's be real. Uh, the Eagles have never had a weapon like A.J. Brown. So, it, you know, him and his ability to stretch the field. Um, and 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 Devonte Smith as well to stretch the field. I mean, it, it makes the world a difference. Uh, this team is looking really scary. Um, I know I have a couple of Eagles fans that's that's picking at me because I'm a Saints fan. Of course, we traded uh, our our first round pick to them. Um, so it, you know they are really picking at me. Say, hey, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. I like what y'all doing down there in New Orleans. So I mean. But uh, all jokes aside, I mean, the Eagles are looking good. They're looking real serious. And, uh, I mean, that front office seems like they've done a good job. Yeah, no, they've definitely done a good job uh, because it's really, as you were mentioning from an offensive standpoint, but just in totality, it's a complete team at this point. You know, when I look at the Eagles, I don't really see glaring weaknesses right now. Um, and so just like you were talking about having that presence of A.J. Brown, I mean, that offense has opened up because you literally have two guys on the outside and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith that could easily be considered, you know, number one options. Then you have a one of the top tight ends in the game in Dallas Goddard. You have Jalen Hurts. He's operating on all cylinders right now. And then what that defense is doing, you know, I think that that's what even in this game against Jacksonville really stuck out because they got off to a slow start. You know, Jacksonville got up 14 to nothing in that first quarter and then 
after that, they just pretty much put the clamps on Jacksonville. You know, they only had seven more points that they scored. I think they would force like four turnovers, four or five turnovers that they forced. Um, I know Trevor Lawrence had at least four of those turnovers. And so, um, man, they're just looking tough. And it's not just one dimensional. And I think that's the thing that allows you to look at this team and figure that this can be something that's sustainable because if they stay healthy, it has not been one dimensional at all. You haven't just looked and said, okay, this offense is explosive or, Hey, this defense is shutting teams down. It's been, they've been operating well in every phase of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, if you talk about the NFC East so far through the first four games, I mean, Dallas Cowboys, they lost Dak. Dak will be back. They're saying he's eyeing week five, which is this week. I doubt it. But no later than week six, he should be back, if not back this week. Um, but then you got the Giants, man. They're three and one. Uh, I I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, we're going to get into some surprise segments. I guess I'm giving away mine too soon, but I'll pick another one. But that's one of my surprises. And the 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 Washington Commanders, they, they look good in week one, but they – on a three-game losing streak right now, so it's like I, this division is is it's pretty tough. I mean, they, yeah. they're looking pretty good. I mean, I, I I would love to say that the Eagles will run away with this division, but I think at this point you could say it's you know it's between the Eagles, the Giants, and and Dallas. Yeah, um, it's one of those things too with the Commanders. It's it's really literally just who they've gone up against. You know, it's really who they faced. I mean, they faced the Eagles and got knocked off. They faced <laughs> you know Dallas and got knocked off. Um, so it's it's really comes down to that. But like you said, uh, what's been super impressive. You know, I was about to choose one over the other, but honestly, I think Dallas and like you said, the Giants. I think it's been equally impressive because. You know, we looked at the Giants for years and and they really had become, you know, really the bottom of that division or a team that we didn't really look at as a contender in any way, shape or form. But Brian Dabo coming in there, you know, I think it was really key in week one when he showed that belief in the team to, to go for two for the win and basically saying, you know, I'm about to establish a winning culture here. So I'm going to show y'all, believe in y'all and we going for the win. And huge. I feel like, yeah. And I feel like that's been carrying over. And then we've seen the resurgence of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Like, you, you took my thunder. Go through no. it. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, you can no, have no, a Saquon no. moment. You want no. a Saquon moment. No, <laughs> man. We're a team here, man. You, you good. Great minds think alike, man. Of course, how you – of course, you would notice, like I noticed, the emergence of Saquon Barkley, who's looking better uh, game by game. I mean, you could even say that this past game was probably the best game he he's had since he's been out. Uh, since he's been back playing 146 yards rushing, uh, no touchdowns there. Um, but, you know, you have to think that that's coming uh, very, very soon. Um, uh, I saw one of the, I think that last run that he had, uh, his longest run, and just watching him, you know, his explosion and his cuts that he made, I was like, man, it's like the Saquon that everybody uh, really was bragging about coming out of Penn State. It, it's just his cuts, the way that he moves, the way that he he glides. It's almost like he has his own running style, and the power looks like it's back. And with the type of injury that he had, you know, a lower body injury, you ha it takes a while for you to trust your body again. And I think uh, going into his fifth week, I think he's finally starting to trust his body. And I know all the fantasy owners are, are, are really uh, uh, just – 
hopping for joy because you know that you got him uh, for a bargain because everybody was leery about his injury. You got him in the middle of the second round, late second round, even third round in some cases. So, I mean, Saquon looks like he's back. Saquon's. Yeah, no, 100%. Can't say it any better than that. And, and they fed him, man. 31, 31 rushes, man. They yeah. they really put it because what I was going to go go to as well to bounce off your point is not like Daniel Jones has been playing that well. Yeah. <laughs> that great. I mean, come on. He had he threw the ball 13 times. He was 8 for 13. I mean, 71 yards. 71 <laughs> yards. I mean, he's not playing phenomenal football he's yet to even pass for over 200 yards this season um so i mean they're putting it on saquon's shoulders and i mean if he keep playing like he played this past week i don't know if there's ever been a running back that got mvp or was he i don't know i we have to go back i think there was one did ap get it a year or was he like second place i don't I, I think he, I don't know. I know he, he got at least had a top two here. finish. I know he had at least a top two finish. I can't remember whether he got it or not, but I I want to say when he had that two thousand yard Google. season that he might have that he might have got it. Um, because I would think of guys like AP potentially thinking of you know a guy and Barry Sanders what he did, but Barry his teams Sanders, typically weren't uh, his teams Walter, typically weren't good. Walter uh, Payton, I could yeah, think of, maybe an uh, Emmitt Smith type of situation with Dallas in their heyday. Uh, as just some potential guys, but like you said, just, just Jim, as, Brown. As Jim Brown. Okay, what? Well, that's, he's one of them. Yeah, he's one of them. So uh, Jim Brown actually won in multiple years, so that makes sense to me. Um, but anyway, a running back has won it, and it's Jim Brown. Um, I can't think of any more. Yeah, but um, yeah, man. So that division is interesting early on. Um, but any other recap for week four um, that you saw that worth mentioning? Uh, you know, I, I just think ultimately the redemption that Patrick Mahomes got, you know, it, it's not oh, yeah. ultimate redemption because, you know, he didn't go and grab the ring. But the way that he looked uh, he against looked that focused, Tampa Bay Bucks defense, like he came out to prove a point. Yeah, um, he definitely did. I mean, you look at a guy that's spinning around doing Madden moves. Bro, how about Clyde Edwards Elair? Yes. You know, yes. We, we mentioned that uh people had him buried left for dead um because he couldn't stay healthy. Um, but I'm looking at a guy, you know, that is really, really running the ball well. He's catching the ball well, he's doing everything really well. Um, I, I don't know what happened against y'all. He didn't have any rushing yards against y'all, but he had 74 against the Chargers and he had 92 against Tampa Bay. And um, two games in a row with a Russian touchdown. So as a fantasy owner with me, I am excited because I traded for him. So in my dynasty league, so I'm happy that I'm getting some production out of him. Uh, but Pacheco, man, he, he, he's special. Yeah. And and that's what you've seen, honestly, even with this chiefs offense as a whole that, you know, what we saw from the chiefs, they've always been an explosive offense, of course, with Patrick Mahomes at QB and all of that. But this year, to me, more than ever, it's being spread around so much. Like, you don't really know yeah. who going to get the ball on each respective play. Like, you knew for a while, even though we knew how explosive they were, you knew it was a Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show pretty much, you know, offensively as far as who Patrick Mahomes was getting the ball to. But now, you know, you see them, you don't know play by play 
series by series, who's really going to be that guy. You know, you're going to consistently be able to still depend on Travis Kelsey. And then now you're seeing uh, uh, Clyde be dependable, but it's just so many guys there that are, that are having opportunity to eat week in and week out. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think, it says a lot when a quarterback doesn't have that per se superstar wide receiver because you, you don't have that pressure of having to try to get him the ball. And with Tyreek gone, you like you said, it allows him to spread the ball around. And then with um with Kelsey, it's different because he's a superstar tight end, but he will always be targeted because more times than not, he'll always be visible. He'll always have a mat, a mismatch in the in the open field. That's why he's one of the best tight ends in the game the best tight end in the game. I said it, you know, so, you know, you're seeing a different offense. And, you know, I think even with Ty Bowles, because I credited him last season with cracking the code in defending against the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, and that's putting the brackets up, right? But now Ty Bowles as a head coach couldn't even scheme for it because there's so many guys making plays. So that's a that's a masterful point out by you. Um, but yeah, I, I think that 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 pr- pretty much wraps it up for for what I saw. I wanted to discuss. I can't think of anything else. Yep. Um, we did talk about the Miami. Oh, go ahead. You got something? Else? No, no. I said no. You good? Okay. Yeah. So M- Miami Dolphins. We did discuss them last last week as being one of the undefeated teams that is no longer. Uh, they've been in a lot of controversy with how they handled Tua's injury. He was hurt last week. Uh, on um. Not last the week before last on Sunday, he was a little wobbly. Everybody saw the video, and then it came out reports that the team said that he had a back injury, not a concussion. Anybody, we discussed it last week, so no need to go into detail. But Thursday, as we thought this past Thursday night, it, it was scary that he had uh, a, a, another took another hit, and he was quivering or compulsing. You know, uh, almost looked like he as if he was having a seizure. As short as that. Um, and obviously he's concussed, and they're, they're saying he's out for week five, obviously. No telling how much time he'll be out. Um, since then, the I think they're out. That third-party advisor for concussions was fired. Uh, of course, somebody has to be the fall man, but many are speculating that uh, Tua was concussed the week before on Sunday. He shouldn't have been out there on Thursday, and therefore that's why he was his concussion was much worse and now he's having to be out this week. Um, but what are your thoughts on it, man? Uh, my thoughts on it, man, is that, you know, like you already mentioned, somebody had to be the fall guy. And, you know, really, honestly, the league not really being and sticking to what they say they are as far as focusing on player safety. Like, honestly, we already knew. We talked about it. We don't have to harp on it like you said. Tua had a, a concussion um that was not a back injury and then you let that guy go back out there on a short week which once again to me i get it the nfl is about you know the money and all that and that's why you have thursday night monday night all this kind of stuff but even just from simply that whole short week piece it just shows the nfl doesn't really care about player safety and so you look at that situation and i look at it also too in uh the cameron break situation playing for the bucks a guy that after they just had all this stuff happen with Tua on Thursday, yeah. we see Sunday in that game, he is has obviously taken a certain type of hit. He doesn't look like himself and still plays for a little while after that, still gets targeted, has a couple of receptions, and then they end up taking him out of the game later. So it's like you're making this statement 
as if you're focused on it, you're going to make some changes to the concussion protocols. But then you see right there on Sunday, we have another incident that's somewhat similar. Yeah, it, the league is is kind of a joke when it comes to player safety, you know, at this point to me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you're going to open these can can of worms, open this can of worms and claim to be that you're trying to make the game safer, you know, you, you have to follow through and actually show at the basis that you care about your player. I don't think it takes any expert or any doctor to look at Tua on Sunday and how wobbly and stumbly he was after that hit to say, OK, this guy's concussed. Something's not right about him. This is something that we've been trying to get out of the game. But truth of the matter, it is a rough game. I don't think there's any way you can get rid of that game. Um, you know, and, and as fans on the other angle, you know, just play devil's advocate. You know, we love the hits. You know, we think some of the rough in the passing calls are ridiculous. Um, when a defender, we, we often say that the defender, when they're uh, when a receiver catches it over the middle and you're saying a defender, hey, what am I going to do? I'm going to get myself hurt. I've heard defenders say, I will get myself hurt if I didn't slow down and hit this guy. Um, but, you know, you'll get flagged for a defenseless receiver. I just feel like the the hypocrisy has to get rid, has to be rid of, and we have to choose a side. This is a rough, violent sport. You know, it's just like MMA. It's, it, we love watching MMA, but it is a violent, rough sport. One bad hit could be possibly the, the end of your life, as you know it. And just watching Tua on the ground – on that Thursday night football, I just wasn't worried about football or if he ever play again. I was worried about if he'll ever walk again or would his life be the same as he knew it before he took that hit. So it's concerning. Um, I think that they have to pick a side. Um, I don't think that this is the end of it. Um, I'm interested to know uh, what the investigation will 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 entail. I think that the Dolphins tried to get ahead of it by letting go of that third party physician. Um, but I, I mean, ultimately I'm interested to see what, what route they're going to go. But unfortunately I have no faith. I think it'll be more hypocrisy in it somewhere. They just want this to go away. Oh, 100%. And it's just going to be one of those things too, where, you know, they, to me, make some performative type changes and performative statements. Um, uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, I don't think that they are as serious and invested in it as, uh, what they should be. Cause we, we shouldn't have seen the Cameron break situation happen at all. You yeah. Know, and that was just, it. that was, that was just <laughs> Sunday night. So yeah, they, they don't learn. <laughs> they don't learn, but um, just getting into uh, some, some other things here. Um, I mean, I, I'm mad at Amari Cooper, man. Only gave me one fantasy point and I lost my match about three. If he just gave me a pedestrian six point performance. I would have won. So because of that, I'm, I'm one in three instead of, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm one and three instead of being two and two. That's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ramon, I said him week. I said him after week one because I'm like, no, we're not doing it this year. Dude, leave dude on my bench for two weeks, and he goes off. And then the, the week I put him back in my lineup, he gives me one point. Bro, that is how it always happens. That is how it always happens, man. Uh, like you said, you know, no real consistency there from him at all. You know, he's definitely been one of those players that, you know, kind of for the most part has been a, a dud uh, and not somebody that you can depend on. Um, at least I'll say that, though, at least you did get a point from him. I think the worst <laughs> thing I think the worst thing you can get in fantasy is when you start a player and then they end with a negative. 
and you realize oh, wow. had I not even put somebody in that spot, <laughs> my team would have done. <laughs> my team would have done better if I just didn't even put anybody in that spot. Uh, so moment of silence for some of them Melvin Gordon owners out there who maybe started him in a flex spot or so. Um, and seeing, you know, of course he ended up fumbling. He's had what four fumbles, I think so far this season. So, um, it's interesting. Let me just ask you really quickly. What do you think is going to happen with that backfield going forward with Javante going down? Mm, well, I mean, our report said today, I'm going to go with what the coach said. He said that Mel, uh, Melvin Gordon's going to be the guy now. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to have some some people, some fantasy owners going out there and picking up Boone and just, you know, seeing kind of <laughs> – because Melvin Gordon, man, if he can't get the fumbling situation figured out now, I mean, I do have Melvin Gordon in one of our leagues, and I don't think I've started him yet in that league or maybe started him one week or something when due to injuries. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that backfield shakes out and really if that's – that offense can totally get going like they need to, you know, it's kind of been a little bit. I think this was yeah. Russell Wilson's best week so far That's in this season, but you know, it's been an interesting kind of path or whatever for them or a, a situation so far this season. I think we thought it Denver was going to instantly get on the rails and we were like, Hey, they're going to throw Russ in there. And now all of a sudden they are ready to be a contender and you're going to see Cortland Sutton going off and you're going to see Jerry Judy going off. And that offense is going to be humming, and it's kind of been starting and stopping a little bit. Yeah, man. He, I mean, I had him on my fantasy team, and I, I told uh, one of my guys, I was like, hey, look, this is going to be my last week starting this guy. Like, if he don't do something, I'm going to put him out. So he ended up throwing for 237, uh, 68% and, uh, on his passes and threw for two touchdowns, uh, which I was happy to see. He even got some rushes in there. They had 29 rushing yards, four attempts. Um, do you think that this is sustainable? Do you think that this is what Russ will see going forward? And they still lost to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I, well, honestly, I think it has to be the Russ um, going forward just because of the fact that, as we just discussed, you know, Javante Williams going down, who is, you know, the most explosive, obviously, back in that backfield. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, severely hampers your run game and forces you to depend more on letting Russ cook, you know, and so those weapons, his wide receivers are going to have to step up. You know, I've been a little bit disappointed in, in the production of Cortland Sutton because that was a guy that I was high on coming into uh, this fantasy football season. You know, we, we've we heard the noise about Jerry Judy for, you know, a while, and it, it just hasn't quite clicked. But I think that to answer your question, it's going to have to click going forward. Um, and I think ultimately we'll see that production from um, from Russ um, more consistently. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has no choice. So now help not losing Javante Williams does hurt him, yep. but they're gonna have to figure it out. There, it it baffles me because uh, what what Hackett was uh, was a Rod's guy in Green Bay. So you would think if anybody could figure out an offense, it would be Hackett. Uh, but the offense have been sluggish. Um, Russ hasn't been Russ. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting to see. I'm I'm not quite ready to write Russ off, but he doesn't look like the Russ that we are used to seeing. Uh, now, he did look good against the Raiders, but like I said, they still lost. Now, it wasn't completely his fault. It had some other things going on defensively-wise. Plus, you got the desperation of the Raiders as well, who at that point had not won a game. 
So you had a lot of things going. Um, I think it's just too early to really kind of analyze that yet. But I'm definitely keeping my eye on it for sure. And like you said, I mean, your your favorite player was Peyton Manning. When you put Peyton Manning out there in Denver, they they hit the ground rolling. That's what everybody expected this time yeah. as well. So yeah um so yeah so uh so now uh going forward we got thursday night football thursday night matchup here uh it's not one that i'm probably it's probably my the one i'm least excited about so far i thought they've been doing pretty good with them um just trash my team like that huh (laughs) but you got the Colts and (laughs) and the broncos you take it away man the Colts are your team man what do you expect um, this is one of those games where you don't know what to expect, to be honest. Like, I have yeah, it really is. I don't know what <laughs> so many pieces go. So, so many things going on. You know, even I think about us from an indie standpoint and thinking about uh thinking that the defense will be flying on all cylinders with Shaq Leonard. I still call him Darius, even though he likes to be called Shaq or Shaquille now. Nah, yeah, what is up with that? I forgot. Like, literally, like, <laughs> I was like, who the hell is Shaq Leonard? <laughs> right. Like, I, right. I literally asked myself, I was like, who is Shaq Leonard? I was really confused. Yeah. I, I, he some Something happened in the offseason where he decided that – I don't, I can't remember if Shaq is his – Shaquille is his middle name or something like that, but he decided that's what he wants to go by now. So everybody's calling him Shaq or Shaquille. I'll do it for pie purposes, but when I'm talking off air, he's still going to be Darius. Sorry if that seems disrespectful or what. But. I like Darius better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, too many shacks in the world as is. Right. Right. <laughs> and the thing about it is, you know, uh, he with him coming back, he already is now faced with, I think, two additional injuries now. Broke his nose. Um, <laughs> and uh, gosh, the other one is slipping me of what is happening. So um, honestly, this is a team that's in flux. Jonathan Taylor, you know, suffered the ankle injury that. They thought was maybe going to be a little yeah. bit more serious than what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor suffering that. As I've talked to y'all before, on air, off air, you know I've admitted that. Yeah. You know that what we have from a receiving weapon standpoint, I don't even know if we can just even say weapons. Uh, Michael Pittman is a guy that I do believe in, even though he's had a down week uh, recently. But um, but it's just honestly, you I have no idea what to expect from our Colts. Same thing, I have no idea what to expect from the Broncos. Uh, like you said, if I weren't a Colts fan, and even being a Colts fan, I don't have tremendous excitement for it. Uh, <laughs> and given an honest outlook and assessment, you know, if I had to pick who I would think would win that game right now at this point, I don't. I really don't believe in my team, man. I would have to pick the Broncos since they're going to be at home, but it's one of the uh, games you have no idea what to expect. Wow, so if he was on game day and it's LSU versus Bama and they got <laughs> – Sometimes you got to be real, man. <laughs> they they, they put you – you're going to make – you go, he'll pick Bama, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, I – sometimes you just got to be real, man. When you know it, you know, I, I like being right, to be honest. I like being right, but I do hope <laughs> – I do hope that my, my team proves me wrong because even in – is pick them or whatever we've been having going. Every you know. time I pick the Colts, it doesn't work out. And then the one week that I picked against them with picking uh, Kansas City, it worked out. So maybe <laughs> I just got to sacrifice my pick them for my team to win. 
Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm giving away what that pick, what that will be. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. picking Broncos tomorrow night. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I gave my pick away. I got the Broncos winning as well. I think it'll be a good bounce back game. But I'm interested to see Russ as this Russ saga goes along. He's been so pedestrian prior to this past week. So can he string along two performances back to back like the one we saw this past Sunday? Uh, I'm interested to see if that can happen. Uh, there, um, um, Russ, you know, he, for years he's been talking about he wants to play, he wants to be like Tom Brady and, and play well into his 40s. But my thing is he need to focus on this season because if he continues to play like this, he don't have to worry about himself retiring. <laughs> the league will literally retire him. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, I'm going with the Broncos. I, I think that they will work around losing Javante. I think Melvin Gordon still has some juice. You know, he runs the ball well, but like you said, he has some fumbling issues that he needs to to tighten up on. But, yeah, I think the Broncos are a better team uh, there. And then Jonathan Taylor, I don't think – if he's not good to go, I mean, I, I don't think y'all even have a shot. So, um, but, hey, you know, we'll see. It, it yeah. should be interesting, man. I don't so. take it personally, bro. I don't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, in respect to the NBA season coming up in two weeks. Can you believe it? The NBA start season is getting started in two weeks. Uh, but more specifically, uh, we, of course, we want to discuss the documentary that's coming up on the Redeem team. That's that 2008 USA team, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron, Kevin Durant. I mean, the list goes on. Chris Paul. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm probably even being disrespectful trying to name the entire team because there were some great players on that team. But uh, Netflix has a documentary coming out on these guys coming out. What, when is it? October 7th? Is yeah. It? Yeah. Coming out yeah. October 7th. So that's this Friday. Should be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I definitely plan on if we got to spend an episode recording, just talking about it, we might have to do it because it was just a great documentary, man. What you are you hyped for it? Oh, 100 percent, man. I'm, I'm really hyped for it. Uh, just kind of seeing the, the prep, the previews seeing some of the stories that are already kind of being leaked and told, uh, especially from the standpoint of, of course, us being Kobe fans, man. Yeah. Uh, that just adds a whole nother dynamic to it. You know, them talking about how they specifically went and got Kobe for the resurgence of USA basketball, you know, when it got the head honcho. So that's for all you guys out there too, who have tried to act like before that Kobe wasn't the best in the league at that time or yeah. this and that, like, all those guys admitted that, including Coach K, including Jerry Colangelo, who set up the team. Uh, but, you know, that that team, they they restored order. You know, they restored order as Definitely. far as uh, as far as basketball goes. Um, and so I'm just really excited to see it, man. Really excited. And just with his Mamba mentality, as he's known for, to rub off on a guy like LeBron and, and Kevin Durant. And, and for those guys who will, in their own right, go down as all-time greats, of course, LeBron and, and Kevin Durant as well, and Chris Paul, uh, just for them to operate around a guy like that, you know, like the Powell story that's been leaked as one of the, the bits in, in the piece, and just how shocked LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and those were to see that this guy's willing to – to run over his brother and his best friend in the sake of winning. You know, they weren't prior to that. The reason why they were so shocked because they never been introduced to a mentality like that. So it just goes into, you know, when people argue Kobe's legacy, you know, it's deeper than, you know, like you said, it's deeper than, you know, his ability on the floor. This guy impacted a whole generation. 
And, you know, you look at the guys today like Jason Tatum and, and Kyrie and, and those guys who one day will be another all time great. Those are the those guys looked up to Kobe, not LeBron, Kobe, not MJ, you know. So um, I think that is I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to see documentaries like these because I think that MJ's doc, which I've watched like four or five times now, I think that it was so wonderfully done. I feel like that has set the tone for documentaries like yeah. this. Like they're taking like two and three years and doing piecing this together. And um, I'm excited to watch it. So, you know, yeah. I'll probably it'll probably be another doc I watch three, four or five times over the span of a year. Yeah, 100 percent And there's a take that I just gotta go ahead and get off since we're talking about this right now. But this kind of stuff to me also puts to bed. People may not see it, may think I'm reaching. But it puts to bed that whole Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant debate. Definitely. I'm going to tell you this from this standpoint. Tim Duncan was set to lead that 04 USA team. What did they do? They didn't get the job done. He yeah. didn't get them over the top. Tim Duncan, he had his opportunity. He was in his prime at the time. He didn't get it done. When they wanted order restored, they went and got Kobe Bean Bryant. And when that team was had their back up against the wall in that gold medal game, who did they have to depend on to, to guide them to the promised land? Kobe being Bryant. And so, you know, I, I'm just excited for the documentary. Uh, just want to clear up one thing. KD wasn't on the 08 team. He came in uh, in uh, the 2012 team. Yeah. Good, good point. Good point. Yeah. I, get, I guess a little blurry there. <laughs> right, right. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah you, you're right. You're right. So, yeah. So, um, and, but despite that, Kobe still influenced KD's. Uh, oh, 100%. You know, they played together yeah. in 2012. And yeah, then 2012. also, too, you know, KD came into the to the Team USA fold in the 2010 time. That's yeah. when him and Kyrie uh, – well, no, Kyrie didn't come just yet. But I know that KD came in that 2010 time frame and started dominating. And then he was there with Kobe and LeBron and all the guys in 2012, which was a great team as well, too. Yeah, that team did some damage too. So I'm interested to see. I'm looking forward to it. Know how my Friday night will be spent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, we think we did it again. Uh, good, good, good recap of, of week four entering into week five. Um, what are some surprises, man? How your fantasy team looking real quick? Uh, I mean, it just depends league by league. I think I have two teams that are three and one, one that's two and two, and then one that's one and three that I don't want to talk about too much. But uh, <laughs> I still I feel pretty good about the leagues that I'm like really invested in and really focused in. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, uh, two leagues. Uh, you know, one I'm two and two. Uh, I'm, I'm one and three, and another one in uh two and two. Uh, yeah, two and two. And, am I two? I think I'm three and one in that Yahoo league. Yeah, I think I'm three and one. Yeah. So I'm three and one, two and two, and and one and three. And the other one, I don't even want to talk about my record in that one. But it's a dynasty league. It might be a rebuild <laughs> year for me this season. It's not looking too pretty. Um, but yeah, man, I I think uh, you know, one thing I need uh is Amari Cooper to get back on track. I need him to be more consistent, man. Uh how you feel about Michael Gallup, man? He came back, got him a touchdown, man. He looking like Michael Gallup of old, huh? Yeah, I think he's going to be solid. I have him sitting and stashed him in one of my leagues. I got him stashed in two leagues. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think he's going to be good going forward. 
Yeah, man. So, I mean, I think that, you know, in a, I'm in a good spot in, in multiple leagues. But, uh, yeah, man, we're going to get on. go ahead and get on out of here, man. We appreciate everybody that's listening to us. Make sure you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Opinionated Benchwarmers, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Until next time, we out of here.